Bloomberg Behind the Scenes is brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Use an integrated investment account from Interactive Brokers to earn, borrow, spend, and invest globally from one account. Learn more at ibkr.com. From the Interactive Brokers Market Lounge, I'm Paul Sweeney along with Lisa Abramowitz. Joining me is Bill Rhodes. Bill is president and CEO of William R. Rhodes Global Advisors. Bill Rhodes, you have had so much experience across such a wide variety of places geographically as well as roles within banks and governments. I'm wondering, where do you sort of credit getting your start? Well, I was always interested in the international side. And uh, I worked, helped work my way through Brown two summers as a merchant seaman, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, working on steamers going uh, around Latin America, the East Coast and the West Coast. And so I decided I wanted to be in the international side. And then my last year at Brown, I helped found the lacrosse. It was a club when I got up there to, to make it into a regular sport. And I busted up one of my knees just before graduation. And so I had to get a job, and I found out that, because uh, they declared me 4F, uh, because I could hardly walk, and I had to have an operation and stuff. And then they, they were offering jobs for, uh, in Citibank for people who spoke Spanish if they want to go to Latin America. So I signed up, and within six months, I found myself in Venezuela. So, Bill, I mean, you've been a global banker for decades. Talk to us about what it was like going to Latin America at that time of its history. What were really the challenges that you had to face? Well, first of all, um, I think uh, uh, Latin America has changed a lot in some ways. In other ways, it has not. And uh, at that point, Venezuela was in the boom years, but they had just had a revolution and threw out the dictator and Pérez Jiménez, and they they had a, 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 a transitory government. So you had upheaval. Castro was, was sending agents in to try and turn over the government. And I can remember going out of the bank in Caracas one day with what we call a tiroteo, which is a shootout, and I had to throw myself <laughs> on the street. Oh so, I mean, those were really action days. And um, I also had a great experience because Teddy Moscoso was the ambassador of the United States. Uh, the greatest Puerto Rican businessman I've ever met. Uh, he's the one who, who founded Operation Bootstrap and really took Puerto Rico up. And JFK was so impressed with him, he named him ambassador of Venezuela because of all of these problems. And when uh, JFK made his famous visit there, which Castro was making tones, he better not go there because he could be assassinated and stuff. And he and Jacqueline, you know, Jackie Kennedy showed up and I was given the job of going with the Secret Service people, you know, up the hill from Mikeatia to the Capitol to help direct them. And I'll never forget that. It's in my book. And uh, what a brave person uh, JFK was because they had threatened to assassinate him. And then Teddy Moscoso went on to be the founder of the uh, Alliance for Progress, which was decided on that trip. Kennedy decided to form this uh, Alianza para el Progreso, Alliance for Progress, to try and do what Teddy Moscoso had done in Puerto Rico for all of Latin America. And so it was a very interesting period as a young man to be to be down there. And it sort of structured my life on trying to do things that would help countries get out of problems, which is why I ended up in debt restructuring uh, and why I'm now uh, so concerned with working on the refugee problem in Venezuela. I'm very lucky because I teamed up with uh, a very well-known epidemiologist, uh, 
Cristina Valencia, who's a first responder, who's worked all over the world in this area, to try and see what we can do with, to help what's now 4 million refugees, more than a tenth of the population of Venezuela, is left. What advice would you give someone who is coming into finance right now who is just graduating from college? Well, I think things have changed a lot in the sense of what the financial industry is like. Because the days of people going into the major commercial banks and making a career really aren't there anymore. And so a lot of people, particularly young people, were badly impressed by the action of the banks and the financial institutions in the United States after and before and then during the Great uh, Recession. So I think it's still a very interesting field. I think it's a lot of challenge because it gives you an opportunity to help build the economy in a country and also to work with your community. And this is why I got so involved in the culture and conduct area, my report from the Group of 30, saying that the key to really, I think, the future of the banking system is to prove that they can be trusted by the community. Because if not, the non-banking system is going to take over. And part of that trust was lost with the Great Recession. And when I joined the bank as a young guy, I was told, number one, it's the reputation of the institution. Is That's number one. Second, you had to serve your clients in an honest and straightforward fashion. And third, you had to work with the community. And those are points that were lost, I think, in the buildup of the dot-com and, and the Great Recession. And I think they're key going forward. And I hope the young people will embrace those. And I've given various lectures at universities and stuff. And I find they're very interested in that. As you think about the global trade, global financial uh, opportunities out there, if you were a young person, is there a part of the world that you would go to now as maybe this is where I want to build my career? When you built your career, started your career, was in Latin America, and certainly an exciting time then. Is there something like that today? Well, I think the closest thing to it is, is probably China. Uh, and I spent a lot of time in China. I must have made 80, 90 trips over the years into China. And, uh, you know, it's a very exciting uh, things going on in China, although they have their own problems. But I think the Far East is a very interesting area uh, to, to go to. I also opened Citibank in Eastern Central Europe, and that's still a very interesting area. But I find Asia is really the future. But I would never shortchange Latin America because, you know, Brazil's a country of 200 million people with such tremendous potential. And a lot of people tend, uh, because of particularly the various problems they've had recently, have tended to, you know, forget about Brazil. So there's still very interesting situations there. And, of course, we have Mexico right on our border. So Latin America is still very interesting. But I guess I would do the following. I would learn two languages other than English. I'd learn Spanish and I'd learn Mandarin. And I think if you learn Spanish and Mandarin, you're in pretty good shape going forward. What was your favorite job that you ever had? Um, That's a tough one. I guess running the international side of Citibank was probably the most interesting job I had because we were expanding globally and and, and, and Citibank before uh, the merger, I call the ill-fated merger, which is in my book, is we were the global bank. And in fact, Willie Purvis, who really made Hong Kong Shanghai Bank, uh, the global bank it is today, told me on several occasions, he said, Bill, I'm patterning uh, the expansion of Hong Kong Shanghai Bank from just a Hong Kong bank to a worldwide bank, and I'm using Citibank as a model. That's a good model. <laughs> What's the most important work you're doing now? Well, I think right now, uh, what I mentioned, what I'm trying to do with the refugees, 
and working with this epidemiologist uh, who's very, very bright and, and a lot of experience, Christina Valencia, to see if we can, have, we can help the refugees, uh, almost four million of them, that are living outside of, uh, of Venezuela. It's the greatest refugee crisis in the history of Latin America. Uh, we've never seen anything like it. And if you take a look at the most recent refugee crisis, the Rohingya in Bangladesh, uh, what went on with the Middle East and uh, refugees into Europe, and uh, some of the problems, you know, coming from Africa, uh, you know, the refugees going there, the numbers are smaller than what we're seeing out of Venezuela. And, you know, Doctors Without Borders isn't operating there. The CDC uh, hasn't gotten its arms around doing it. And so I think this is where the private sector has to step in and see what it can do. I use the Bill and Melinda Gates example for what I hope in my little small way I could do. Bill Rhodes, thank you so much for your time. This has been Bloomberg Behind the Scenes from the Interactive Brokers Market Lounge. Behind the Scenes was brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers constantly strives to innovate and create technology to automate your trading experience with their advanced trading tools. Learn how Interactive Brokers helps lower your costs to maximize your returns at IBKR.com. I'm Paul Sweeney, along with Lisa Abramowitz. This is Bloomberg Behind the Scenes.